breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Glitter Boys. So I would like to open this episode by apologizing to everybody. I have not released an episode in a couple of weeks. Well, we have not because we haven't recorded, but I also have not made any posts or updates regarding said absence because I've been addicted to a video game. (laughs) And that video game is Conan Exiles. (laughs) Oh, okay. We established uh, a game server on the Breakfast Puppies Discord. Uh, I'm hosting it, and uh, we've got several of our listeners who have joined us. It is a survival adventure RPG in the Conan setting. It's wicked fun, and it's total nudity, dicks and tits swinging in the wind. It's by Crom. that's the way it should be. (laughs) Agreed. So speaking of things that are not Conan, today we're talking about the Rogue Scholar. No, see, I already got it wrong. We're talking about, I know. The, <laughs> we're talking about the Rogue Scientist. Uh, it's hard because there's a lot of overlap between the two. So yeah. And, and the second word of both begins with an SC. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. oh God. Yeah. Just the, 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 the Rogue Scholar is... The, the knowledge, this is the more of the, the practice in machines, you know, the, the, the hunt for the old. Yeah, the, the rogues, definitely. Yeah, the rogue scholar has much more of a inspired by Fahrenheit 451 kind of thing. Whereas mm-hmm. the, uh, the rogue scientist is <laughs> taking that knowledge and doing things with it kind of stuff. Yeah, the, the more revolutionary. There's like much heavier into politics. Yeah, this is one of the core book rifts occs occupational character classes it falls under the adventurers category so you know right off the bat you pick this class you're not going to be starting with a lot of bang bang yeah but you start with a lot of skills this has always reminded me of a high-tech version of what they called in like the 18th century and the the late 17th century of a, of a naturalist someone with an insatiable curiosity about the practices and the means of the world, not so much the history like you get with the scholar, not so much the reasons, but the the makeup of, of the world. And when you're looking at that from a post-apocalyptic standpoint, it adds a whole new level and kind of pathos to the to the character because you're you're trying to rediscover things that have already been found and lost, which is it adds a certain futility to, to everything you do because you're, you're struggling back to a level that you as a species have already hit. And there's a desperation to this character, which I think a really good player would bring to that, ta- bring to the table. Yeah. It's like people are dying now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now you've got me thinking about making a rogue scientist character based on Thoreau. Mm. Yeah. The whole naturalist concept. <laughs> For me, the rogue scientist has always had kind of a Doc Brown thing going on. You know, the mm. 
there's the weird kooky guy who who really likes physics and chemistry and and making things go boom but but in a scientifically controlled way and applied method and thought like that but is also a little bit mm-hmm. kooky and uh you know yeah. there, also what was it uh the new Shira cartoon that came out in Netflix one of the characters uh with the fucking power armor hair i cannot remember her name but it's 100% a rogue scientist yeah yeah, I, I I haven't seen it, but but they're in everything, you know. They are they are a classic adventuring archetype. You've got the wilderness person, you've got the magic person, you've got the gun shooting person, and you've got the science person. Yeah, I think there is a lot of source material you can play for this. Like there's there's a lot of things you can use, but I think there are so many different versions of it. Like you could. I almost feel like one way to play this would be Rusty Venture from the Venture Brothers because (gasps) his dad discovered all this shit and he was just like desperately picking up the scraps of it and trying to sell it to the military. (laughs) Yeah, And I kind of think that could be a very funny way to play this, this class itself as you're, as you're rediscovering the scraps of your old society. Yeah. Oh man. See now, it's getting harder and harder for me to think seriously about this. I'm just picturing all of these kooky concepts. <laughs> There's a lot of possibilities here. Like when, when I think of things like uh, Doc Brown or, or Rick Sanchez, like those are, those are next level. I don't, I don't think you get, you don't get to play those. Those are, those are NPCs. Those are, those are, those are troublesome sprites. That's your those life goal. Something you want. That's your life goal. That's the, that's the end yeah. game. That's where you aim to be one day. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, so anyway, looking at the character class, so mm-hmm. let's start back at the butts edition here. So this is one of those staple classes that's been with us since the beginning that like many of the other adventures got a bit of a, of a makeover and an uplift in the transition from butts edition to the ultimate edition. Yeah. The rogue scientist like the rogue scholar was initially just a list of skills a lot of skill mm-hmm. options and some gear and a lot of narrative uh, pressure. You are hunted down by the coalition. You are an outcast of major civilized North America because of your knowledge and your quest for knowing more about the way the past worked kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I really think that the art has improved between <laughs> the butts and the... Uh, the the ultimate edition, uh, one is you know rappelling down a, a cliff face while while looking at a uh, you know some some thing that they found, and one is a cross-eyed man staring at a petri dish. <laughs> His eyes who, do who, look who was weird. Balding. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. I never really noticed it until you said it now. But yeah, yeah. yeah the adventuring scientist is. I like that picture a little bit better. This, however, is an example. Again, uh, what I was saying with the Rogue Scholar episode of how they took an open-ended science-based character class, which is the Rogue Scientist, that was Mm -hmm. very open-ended. You got a lot of skill choices. They only gave you the basics and then a crap load of skills with which to build your science. Then they took that. they, They gave you a few more very specific skills and turned you into Indiana Jones, but scientist. They, yeah. they, they 
changed the focus of the class from being open-ended science character to being a very specific type of scientist. I I agree. There's um they also did the um they they changed what you got, didn't they? Yeah, they reduced a lot the, of your choices. Uh, but they they gave you um the not cuz it used to be just skills and now you have uh, the, the, the freaking OCC abilities and bonuses, they analyze, mm-hmm. hypothesize, yeah. find the exotic. I don't believe you used to have that. No, analyze, hypothesize, find the exotic, recognize scientific authenticity, the little inequality. Yeah, None of those were part of the original class. The original class yeah. got only computer operations, land navigation, literacy, mm-hmm. advanced math, basic radio, read sensory, basic electronics they could drive a car yeah and they could shoot a rifle yeah then they got 14 other skills to pick of their own from the occ related and then another six secondary skills to pick meanwhile the occ in the butts edition gets more initial skills they get mm-hmm. recycle and salvage and find contraband and stuff yeah but oh they also get more languages but then they get fewer OCC skills and fewer secondary skills over time. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's like Kevin wanted people to play a very specific version of science. And I, I liked the original version a little bit better. I did too. I do like that. They do have some skills that, that are like really open-ended and can be like shoehorned into a lot of things though. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the, the analyze. Analyze is a huge open-ended skill. Uh, in its description, it says, a skill-like ability that enables a character to break patterns, solve strange equations, and otherwise gain insight and analysis to a situation, event, or character. It also applies to strategy, finance, or just working all the angles. It adds a, a bonus of plus 10 to skills such as anthropology, chemistry, analytical, a lot of different skills that do you remember in like uh, old D and D where it was uh, the identify spell? Yeah, and like that was that was one that the mage had to take because yep. when you find shit, you need to know what it was. Yep. This is yep. kind of this gives you a, a, a role in the party that that's very very important and hugely open ended because as it says, it, this can be historical perspective this could be a person's motivation this this could be is that a good deal that they're they're offering us it's so open-ended and it just i i like it because it shows that this person is well-read has a large background to draw upon and is fucking smart is wise i sure. i think that anal like the rest of is the rest of it is kind of silly the hypothesize is also like super powerful yep if used correctly the rest of it's kind of silly but like analyze and hypothesize are a, a lifeblood to to a party that's that's lost and confused. Mm-hmm. And this is riffs. You are going to be confused often. There are going to be things you don't understand what's going on. Yeah. What I think I would do if I were going to play a rogue scientist or somebody were going to want to play one in my game is I would ask the GM or conversely, I would offer the player to take the new cool versatile skills the, the the basic occ powers but then apply them to the old template because 
I like mm-hmm. the the limited initial skills of the original, but the the vast open selections that you get to tailor things afterward. Yeah. Whereas with the the cool new powers, I think could work very well with that. Like you could take that analyze and that hypothesize, and you could then tie those into a more custom tailor built form of your preference of science. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things I didn't like about the new version of the Rogue Scientist was the limitations on the skill sets, very mm-hmm. much so. And one of the things I think they forget is that people have backgrounds before they they go out and adventuring, you know? Yeah. Like, I myself come from a wilderness scout background or a, a farming background, like a, a little bit of column A and column B. And none of this is going to save me, but a lot of it is, you know, very helpful skill sets. And I don't like that like, for example, in the new one, Cowboy was blocked off. Well, what if that, so that nobody comes from the Old West? Got it. Okay, cool. So this is purely urban or, you know, I, I don't, I didn't like that. Yeah. Looking at the OCC related choices of the new one, there's a, mm-hmm. uh, okay, let's see. Cowboy, none. Espionage, wilderness survival only. Um, Military, trap and mine detection only. Yeah. Yeah. Physical excludes gymnastics, which they didn't exclude in the beginning. What WP excluding heavy weapons. Now, let's look back at the Rogue Scientist in Butts Edition. Any, any, any. Espionage yeah. still precludes only wilderness survival, but then everything else. Any, 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 except for yeah. physical, which excludes wrestling and acrobatics. Yeah. I, I, and I get it. Like, you can't be an MD. You can't be a medical doctor. Like, of course not. The... That takes a long, long time of training. I just, I, I, yeah, I don't like the pigeonholing either. I do like how it, how it opened it up with like the, this thing you can do the, the analyze and hypothesize, but I, I don't like that. It, it effectively makes you of an urban background. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, it's still an awesome class. I say that I like the old one better and I'm going to keep saying it. However, I do not wish to denigrate the existence of the new one. It is still a really cool idea in Mm -hmm. this setting where you have laser guns flying and big stompy robots and flying machines and magic and, and all these forms of destruction and power around you choosing to play a character whose main thing is they know some skills is a bold decision. And I'm, Loving that this is one of the main core classes. The book is coming out here and putting this in front of you and saying, you don't have to have a giant robot. You can simply be a cross-eyed scientist with a magnifying glass. You don't (laughs) have to fly through the air on ley lines. You can just go Eureka every now and then and still have a good time. I like that there is something that rewards an unorthodox thinker. And I like that even, even with the, I hate to say it because it's, it's not true. It's, it's a change. It's not dumbing down. But I, I, I can honestly say that mainstream role-playing games have been dumbed down. All I have to do is take, you know, Gary Gygax's beloved creation as an example. <laughs> Made more accessible. Been, yeah, okay, whatever. I love that... This is a game, and I've, I've expressed this so many times, this is a game that can be played on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. That balance isn't a thing because it, it presumes that if you are smart enough to talk your way out of it, you don't have to fight the dragon. Which takes us right back 
to, you know, Bilbo's riddles with smog, you know, like these, these are just the things that are, these are classic things and you feel good when you do it. Did, did you shoot your way out? No, they, they, did, they were just trying to get to the water. Did none of you realize that? <laughs> I mean, just like if, if you, if you come at this with an open mind and non-belligerency, like you can actually go far in this hyper violent world. Like, I, I love, I, I will always come back to saying this because it's one of the best things about this gaming system. How many different ways this game can be played. This game doesn't have encounter math. It doesn't have required number of fights per day. It doesn't have a magic system that is built 100% on how much damage you can do to an opponent. It's got options out there. And it doesn't always or even often spell them out telling you what you're you can approach this encounter from this situation now there's five different ways to defeat this enemy one of which is talking the other four involve shooting it in different locations over but no it just like here's the situation here's the people here's the threats go here's their motivations yeah here's the motivations here's what they think about these other people and have at it you've got a list of skills think about how your character might approach this. Sure, you've got a gun, but uh, you've also got anthropology. Maybe anthropology will <laughs> right. tell you a little bit more about why this guy's doing this thing, you know? Or what, you've got cultural encounter. Hey, guess what? <laughs> you know, you're really good at talking to people who aren't you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. I, 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 I love that that exists. I love that that's there. It's whenever possible, and I've mentioned this before, I, I play, I play, a bog standard something, or I, I don't like, you know, despite the name of the channel, I don't like playing the glitter boy. I don't like playing the dragon. I don't like playing the godling. I, I like playing the, 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 the person trying to seek something out. And this is the person trying to seek something out. Yeah. It, it, that is a noble approach to play. And it's a noble career. My approach when I, I try this, I do not always succeed at this because power can be very tempting. But my approach when I am a player, if I am handed someone that is not handed, sorry. If I'm handed a character, typically it's a one shot and I drive it like I stole it. If I am a player in a long running <laughs> game and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play a glitter boy or I'm going to play this anti monster. I'm going to play this powerhouse. And mm -hmm. then try to almost never use those weapons. Agreed. Because yeah. a glitter boy has other skills. An anti-monster was a person that had a life, that had friends, that had desires and motivations. They, they had hobbies. Yeah. Maybe that anti-monster really wants to be the best chess master in the world. You never know. So playing a super powerful character that falls back only to their weapons and their explosives when they absolutely have to. Sure, you've got that glitter boy armor. What happens if you just never put it on? In fact, it's a good day when you don't have to. Yeah. You know, I was thinking of like what you just said about being the best at chess. And I was thinking, what if, what if that's what happened to the Sphinx? It's like, I, you know, I, I, I used to tell stand-up routines and riddles. And then all of a sudden I became this, you know, giant half Leonid flying thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And then, you know, because ADHD, I thought, and what if like Gollum tried to get past the Sphinx once and they just sat there forever trading riddles? Oh 
man, that art of that has to exist. Oh, yeah. It should, right? Oh, man. I'll bet you it does. You know, what if the Sphinx was just somebody who really liked, you know, they were a stand-up comic or, or, yeah, I love it, I love it. But then they got transformed into this monster or something. And unfortunately, one thing that comes with being transformed into a monster is monstrous rage. So when somebody doesn't get your joke, you just fucking murder them. Yeah, yeah you light them on fire with your eyeballs. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's brilliant. I like what you said about the, glit- the about the glitter boy not using their power. And it's a good day when they didn't do that. Yeah. I, I, I like that thought because when you think about what a knight is, like there, there were often an uh, adjudicator, they like, they, they would use their, their presence and their standing almost as often as they would, you know, use their, use, use the, their, their power, you use their, their, their training. Mm-hmm. And I really like that thought. I've never, I've never heard it put so succinctly and I need to chew on it a bit more, but I think I'm going to incorporate a lot of that. I like that a lot. Like the, 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 the reluctant fighter would be really, really fun to play. So rogue scientist, if I, I can, I can honestly think of gaming groups that I've been in where I would not play a rogue scientist because the people I was with were min-maxers and they were, you know, and, you know, it just, it, it wasn't the group for it. But I can say that in my favorite games that I have played with, you know, people that I've really enjoyed playing with, this would fit right in. And I think that should be kind of a key. What you need to do with your life is find people you can play a rogue scientist with. People who are able to think. It's like, would, would, do I have to min-max to play here? to play with these guys do i and if so maybe maybe that's not the group for you maybe you should look for something else i know that rifts gets this um legacy of just being boom 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 all the time but that's almost never how i've run or played it same yeah i think i think rifts is done best from the ground up it's 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 a bottom up not a top down like i think encountering a suit of power armor should be a terrifying thing. I think encountering the, the Splugorth or, or a dragon should be a, when those things become casual, then I, I worry about it because, because the, the power creep is real. Min maxing is real. You don't want that. You want, you, you always at the base, you want your story. And that story wants to be about the strange wonders and when you lose that sense of wonder because I'm so tough, I do the thing and it goes boom, and you, you lose the heroism that is, that, that is, that's what you're playing the game for mm-hmm. theoretically is to be the hero or the, or the anti-hero, you know, the, the, the drama of it. And yeah, do yourself a favor. If you never have play a rogue scholar, play a rogue scientist, play a vagabond, Get in there and do do the little guy stuff because you will fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually it's freeing. It's you, more fun. Yeah. You feel that you are no longer shackled by the amount of damage that you can do. And being mm-hmm. a combat character is incredibly limiting. Yeah. Yeah. We had in our last um, in our last game that we played together uh, a glitter boy. And that was all he did was show up and shoot. And I mean, I, I couldn't imagine playing like that. Like I, I'm, I'm all over the place when I play. And 
things with lots of skills are totally geared to that kind of yeah kind of um activity like i am i i want the open-ended i love doing the jack of all trades i i love those people i love them in real life and i love them in game life i don't like i don't like one trick ponies i never have and rogue scientist folks great class you should play one <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely thanks for yeah. listening and we'll see you next week and i know it says rogue scientist science and you look at it and you're like science 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 oh that's a one trick pony maria yeah one one trick actually they have a lot of skills options yeah. especially if you go with the original version you can make that character take the basic skills that they start with and put nothing else in your science skills and just be a, a diverse communicative person who understands the scientific method. It, it's mm-hmm. an option. Yeah. If I did one of these, his name would be Maturin. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. 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 I like that. <laughs> with this little book full of sketches of animals yeah. laid out and dissected and, and, <laughs> Yeah. What are you doing? I'm I'm cutting apart a splagorth. Fuck off. I have a book of pinned butterflies and yeah, yeah. And dig. From various worlds. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, folks. That's all I got for this. Catch you next time. Starships, magic, mystic martial arts, romance. All of these can be found in A Cloak of Blades by Isaac Sher. You might have heard my name before. I've done a lot of voiceover work for Breakfast Puppies. And I've recently released my first novel. It's available on Amazon as an ebook and paperback. And you can get it for free if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription. I do hope you'll support my work as you're supporting Breakfast Puppies. And it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Have a good one. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.